Good evening. Good evening. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. During this school year, I've challenged all of our high schoolers to read the New Testament this school year. And we're reading one chapter a day, hopefully. Uh, Some of us, I believe, are, are more diligent than others. But lately, we've been in the book of Luke. And so I've been studying the Gospel of Luke lately, and and that's where we're going to look tonight. Luke chapter 12. You know, when you're a kid, you get asked a lot of questions. And I remember some of those questions that I used to get asked most of the time, as probably you could. Remember questions like, well, how tall are you now? How old are you? What grade are you in at school? Are you being nice to your sister? Or maybe that was just me. But one of the most popular questions we get asked as a kid is, what do you want to be when you grow up? Did you get asked that a lot? What do you want to be when you grow up? Some of us may still get that question. But what do you want to be when you grow up? Tonight I want to talk about what we ought to be. Not necessarily when we grow up, but talking about today, right now in our life, what we need to be. And I'm going to give you three things tonight that we all need to be. And there are three R's. They all start with the letter R. It's not reading, writing, and arithmetic. But they're going to be three R's that we need to be. It's kind of tricky because the first two, you have to do the first two to be the third one. All right? And you'll see, that's just the way it works. Um, First of all, Luke chapter 12. When we think about Jesus and we think about what it must have been like for all the people around where Jesus was when he was preaching, when he was doing his ministry on earth, We think about how people would react to Jesus and people who had been around. How would they respond to him? Well, I think from from studying the Gospels that whether or not someone agreed with Jesus, whether or not someone believed that he was the Messiah or that he was not the Messiah. I think someone who observed his life would have to say that Jesus was a real person. And when I say real, I mean that in the trendy sense of the word, The, the, the word real meaning genuine or authentic. I think someone would have to look at Jesus and see the way he stood by his convictions and his beliefs, no matter what, and say, that was a real man. I may not have agreed with him, but he was real. He was genuine. He was authentic. And I think tonight, the first thing I want to encourage us all to be is to be real. Look at Luke chapter 12. Some people that Jesus dealt with a lot in his ministry were the Pharisees. And one thing we see Jesus come down on on the Pharisees a lot in his ministry is them being hypocritical. And if you look there at verse 1, it says, Under these circumstances, after so many thousands of people had gathered together that they were stepping on one another, he began saying to his disciples, first of all, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. I think one of the challenges we have as a church today, as Christians today, one of the trendy things that people say why they don't go to church, why they don't believe in in Christian faith is because the church is full of hypocrites. And why do I want to go and worship with people who are all hypocrites? And I think that's kind of tricky because all of us as Christians, we realize we're sinners and that we're saved by the grace of God. And so I feel like you have to worship with sinners because we all sin. We all fall short. And if we didn't, if we weren't hypocrites, then we wouldn't need the church. And we wouldn't need forgiveness because we would have no sin. But here Jesus challenged the people and he said, he said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. 
But there is nothing covered up that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. Accordingly, whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light. And what you have whispered in the inner rooms will be proclaimed upon the housetops. I want to focus just for a second on verse 2 and 3. He says, but there is nothing covered up that will not be known, will not be revealed, and hidden that will not be known. Accordingly, whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light, and what you have whispered in the inner rooms will be proclaimed upon the housetops. Andrew talked this morning about how the old philosophy, nothing good happens after a certain time, and that how in darkness we think we can get away with things. Here, Jesus is telling us that those things that we do in the dark will come out in the light. Those things that we say in private will come out in public. And this idea that whatever you have whispered in the inner rooms will be proclaimed upon the housetops. I was reading a book one time and it talked about this philosophy. And it said, you know, what if we went outside and we had to stand on a rooftop with all of our Christian brothers and sisters standing down and we had to say things that we had done this week. We had to to confess our sins and tell everybody what we had done from a rooftop. And so I propose tonight that we go outside... That we all go out as a group. And I've got a bullhorn in my office, if I can find it. And we'll get a bullhorn. It's pretty big. And we get a bullhorn. And I'm going to take a volunteer. And one of you will go up on the roof of the church and stand on the rooftop. And everyone else will stand out there. And you can say through that bullhorn everything you've done this week. Everything you've said. Everything you've participated in. How many of you would, would volunteer and say, I'll do that? All right. I'm not asking for a show of hands, but none of us are jumping to, right? I know if I was sitting there, I would kind of be shrinking down, kind of be ducking my head, trying to disappear. None of us want to do that, do we? But when we think about the idea that we have to be real as Christians, we have to be genuine, we have to be authentic with our faith, The fact of the matter is, everything we say, everything we do, God sees it. And we might fool our Christian friends. We might might be able to fool our family members, our co-workers, our neighbors. Maybe we can pull one over on them, but we can't pull one over on God. And God sees everything we do. So tonight I want to encourage you to be real. And you say, why should I be real? Why should I be genuine? I think there's a couple reasons. Number one, for yourself. I think we need to be real for ourselves, So that you can look in the mirror in the morning or at night. And you can say, I've done the best I can today to live a Christian life. Everything I said today, I tried to have it be something positive, something encouraging. Everybody I hung around this week was somebody that was a good influence on me. Or else I had a good influence on them. To be real for ourselves so that we can lay down at night with a clear conscience and with peace, put our head on that pillow and sleep so much better, knowing that we've done our best to be genuine and be a Christian at all times. And secondly, we've got to be real for others because our influence is important and our example is important. So we need to be a good example for others. And we were talking about this in, in Bible class this morning, just talking about what an impact we have on our friends, those who live around us, those who work with us, those who worship with us, what kind of impact we can have if we're someone who's genuine, 
and someone that tries to build people up and encourage one another. So be real. He goes on to say this. and In verse 4, he says, I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that have no more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear the one who, after he has killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two cents? Yet not one of them is forgotten before God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear. You are more valuable than many sparrows. Now, then I love verse 8 and 9. And verse 8 and 9 is, is a challenge to me and a challenge to all of us as we attempt to be genuine. It says, And I say to you, everyone who confesses me before men, the Son of Man will confess him also before the angels of God. But he who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. And that's our challenge, isn't it? I believe every day you have the opportunity to confess Christ or to deny Christ. Every day. And I think we have to look for those opportunities. You know, because that opportunity is not just going to be, it's not just going to present itself like a, a sign in the street. You're not... You're probably not going to walk into your family gathering tomorrow and they have a microphone set up and all your cousins and family there and they say, Cousin Phil, why don't you tell us about your Christian faith tonight? That's probably not, not the way it's going to happen. But every day we have an opportunity. Somebody you come across, God opens a door for you. It might be at a restaurant. It might be at a retail store. It might be at a gas station. It might be on the side of the road. Every day we have an opportunity with our actions to confess Christ or deny Him. And we've got to take advantage of it. We've got to look for those opportunities and take advantage when they come across. That's one thing I pray constantly is that, that God will use me and help me to not overlook those opportunities and not pass them by. Not turn my head and, and do the easy thing, but maybe go out of the way and do something that might be a little harder for me. It might take me stepping out of my comfort zone just a little bit, but I pray that God will give me the courage to do that. You know, there's a thing that's, that's been trendy for the last five, six years, maybe a little longer, called reality TV. Reality TV. And the concept is you take Joe Schmo off the street and put him behind cameras, you know, and follow him around, do different things, activities, challenges. And depending on who you are, you probably feel one of two ways about reality TV. You probably love it or you hate it. Or else you have no idea what I'm talking about. But with reality TV, you, either, you usually feel one or two ways. Me, ashamedly, or however you say that, I, don't, I like reality TV. I don't know why, but I find it interesting to see people that I feel are like me just living their life and just being a real person. And I think one thing... We fall into a trap sometimes. We see actors on TV and in movies, and, and we think, man, I really like that guy. That person seems like a real nice person. Or I find myself, when somebody plays a villain in a movie, the next two or three movies they come out with, I say, I can't stand that person. They're mean. And it's because they played a role. Well, folks, I want to encourage you. We can't play a role as a Christian. We can't put a mask on and, and live uh, how we want people to see us live. But then away from that, we are who we really are. Sometimes I find that actors are not really likable people when they get off the screen. People that I think are the nicest people in the world, 
away from that, they're, they're not very nice. And I think as Christians, we can't do that. We can't play a role, play a part. We've got to be who we are. We've got to be genuine. And we've got to stand up and be a Christian, even when it's not easy to. So the first R is to be real. The second R is to be ready. We've got to be ready. Looking down in Luke 12, if you skip down to verse 31, Jesus says, but seek his kingdom and these things will be added to you. He goes on to say, verse 34, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Look at 35, be dressed in readiness and keep your lamps lit. Be like men who are waiting for their master when he returns from the wedding feast, so that they may immediately open the door to him when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master will find on the alert when he comes. Truly I say to you that he will gird himself to serve and have them recline at the table and will come up and wait on them. And then look to it, verse 40. He says, you too be ready for the son of man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. We've got to be ready. Christ has told us that he's going to return. None of us know the time, the hour, the day. He said only the Father knows when Christ will return. But he will return. And we have to be ready. What does it mean to be ready? And how do you get ready for something? Well, to be ready, you've you got to be prepared. You've got to have everything in order. You know, if I asked you tonight, if I said... I said, you know, my cousins, my family are here, and we don't have anywhere to go eat. Could we come to your house tonight and eat with you? How many of y'all would, would be ready, would say, come on, we got plenty of food, you'll need a lot of food. Need plenty of food, we, the house is clean, everything's ready, come on. I tell you, if you came up to me tonight and said, Phil, I'm coming to your house tonight, and me and my family, we're going to come, we're going to eat with you. I would say, oh, really? I'd say, well, could I have about 30 minutes? And I'll go and I'll uh, do a little cleaning, just a little dusting, touch up, you know. Do a little cleaning, and I'll have to make a uh, Kroger's run, go see Matt Collins at Kroger's, get a lot of food. Um, just give me 30 minutes, give me an hour, I'll be ready for you. How many of y'all would be like that? Well, folks, Christ is going to return. And when he does, we don't have a chance to say, Lord, I need 30 more minutes. Lord, give me another day. Give me another week. Give me another month. I've got some people I need to talk to, Lord. I I need to ask forgiveness for this one friend. I, I need to apologize about this. Lord, I haven't said anything to my family about being a Christian. I haven't, I haven't talked to my neighbors. Lord, just give me, give me a week. Let me do a few things. You know, that stuff works with trivial things. I think if I told y'all that my house wasn't ready for you, you'd say, well, that's okay. We'll go somewhere else. But with the Lord's return, that doesn't work. And when he returns, ready or not, we're all going to face the judgment. And that's going to be the time And we're going to have to be accountable for how we're living. 
So tonight, you know, if the Lord was to return, how many of you would be ready? How many of you could say that? Say, yeah, I'm ready. And, and if you knew that, that Christ was going to come in the middle of the night, how many could lay your head down tonight totally at peace, totally ready to meet the Lord and to stand for everything you've done? Well, we need to be like that. We need to be ready. We need to be prepared. You know, if, if, we're, not, if we're not being real, if we haven't been living a genuine life, if we haven't been living authentic, then we need to make changes tonight. And if we're not ready, if we're sitting there and saying, yeah, I would need another week. Yeah, I would need a few more days to get ready for the Lord's return. Then we need to make some changes in our life. And I was going to say this at the beginning, but when I preach this, I'm preaching to myself as much as anybody. Let me throw that out there. As a person who finds it challenging to be genuine, and who finds it maybe a little overwhelming to be ready for the Lord's return, I'm preaching to myself as much as I am anybody. So the first two R's are being real and being ready. And I challenge you tonight that we need to be those two things. We need to be a real Christian and we need to be ready for the Lord's return. But what's the third R? The third R is, if we are a real Christian, and we're trying to live every day like Jesus Christ, in our actions, in our words, our conduct, our speech, and if we're ready... If we're living our life in a way that if Jesus came right now, we would be happy and we'd be full of joy and we'd be prepared. If we do those two things, then one day we will be rewarded. We will be rewarded. Matthew 25, 34. Matthew 25, where we see the the scene of judgment and, and where he parts the sheep from the goats on the right and the left. He says in verse 34, he says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Revelation 2.10 says, Be faithful unto death, and you will receive a crown of life. Folks, Christ has a reward that's so great. And it's God holds for us a treasure that's worth more than anything on this earth. It's better than anything we can get. I took a survey the other day um, on email. I don't know how you feel about those. You either delete them or read them. But I did a survey, and uh, it was a holiday survey. And it said, what are some of the best gifts you've received? What's the best gift you've ever received? And I had to think back, because my parents spoiled me over the years. I got a lot of good things. I received a lot, a lot of things that were better than I ever deserved. If there was ever a boy who deserved to wake up and have bricks and ashes in his stocking, it was me. Somehow, I, I went out. But I got a lot of good things over the years. And I, and I thought about it. And I said, the greatest gift I ever received was the year the Nintendo system came out. I'm not talking about the current. I'm talking about a very old Nintendo and it was probably 87 or 88. And my brother and I played the original Super Mario Brothers pretty much all day. And 
That was about all we did. And we played, and I, and I remember the excitement of, of plugging that Nintendo in and playing Super Mario Brothers. And sitting there as we would not let our sisters play. And we would sit there and, and, you know, literally every time we would jump, you know, we'd jump with the controller, you know, trying to figure it out. And uh, I just remember how exciting that was as a kid to run downstairs. Nintendo, this is great. I'll tell you this. God has a reward. God has a gift that's greater than anything you could possibly open tomorrow. Way better. Anything you've ever opened in your life, God has a gift that's better than all that combined. And that's gift of eternal life in heaven with our Father. And that's our reward. That's the reward that, that God, who is faithful and just, has for us as Christians. So tonight I, I encourage you, when it gets hard to be real... When you think, it's hard to be genuine. I work with a bunch of non-Christians. It's hard. I go to school with non-Christians. And all I hear all day is bad stuff. And, and all I'm around is people that are living wrong lives. And living in sin. Folks, when it's hard to be real as a Christian, think about that reward. And how real that is. And what a blessing it will be one day for God to say to you, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into your reward. And when we think about being ready and we think, it's hard to be ready. You know, it's hard to do these things. It's hard to, to get ready. It's hard to make preparations for, for something like that and for Jesus returning. But think about the reward. Think about how good it will feel to be ready on that day. When Christ returns, to be able to stand confident, bold, Not because you're a perfect person. Because God's grace is so good that he's forgiven you of your sins. And that'll be all worth it. It'll make everything worth it. So I encourage you tonight. If there's people in here, if you're sitting there and and you've never obeyed the gospel. If you've never confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You've never been baptized into his name for the washing away of your sins. You've never become his child. Then do it tonight. If you're sitting there and, and once you had and, and once you were doing great and you were being a real Christian and you were ready, you were confident, but, but something's changed and you don't feel like you're a real Christian anymore and you don't feel like you're really ready if Christ was to return, if that's you tonight, make the changes. There's no better night than tonight. There's no better time than now to make the change in your life. If you have any need, if you need the prayers of the church, or you need to respond, the Lord's invitation is open for you tonight.